Good morning, it's November 17th, and this is To My Liberal Friends. Well, here we go again. It's like another version of the movie Back to the Future. Donald Trump has announced he's running for president in 2024, and a whole lot of Republicans just slumped their shoulders and said, why? Democrats clapped their hands and said, go for it. This was quintessential Donald Trump. Every political analyst looking at the landscape said he should wait, at least until after the Georgia Senate runoff. But Trump had to jump the gun and for no other reason to get his face on TV again and get the media focused on him. He also wanted to get ahead of any other potential foe in the race for the Republican nomination. Well, I've got news for Mr. Trump, and the news is not good. Independents don't like you and suburban women don't like you. That is one of the reasons Republicans failed to capitalize in the elections last week. Democrats were able to put your face on as many races as possible, and the result was losses for Republicans. In Georgia, a state that has crucial elections in December, the exit poll showed that Trump's favorable numbers were at 44% and his unfavorable at 54%. Of those, 45%, their opinion was very unfavorable. And these numbers are not unique to Georgia. They're repeated over and over in states across the country. What Donald Trump has never understood is that in the 2016 election, people voted more against Hillary Clinton than for him. That distrust of Clinton catapulted Trump into the White House. In 2020, he became the villain and people voted more against him than for Joe Biden. What he does not get is it was never about support for him. I've been sounding the alarm about Donald Trump since he left office and tried to convince people that the election was stolen from him. His antics in 2021, in my opinion, cost the Republicans two Senate seats in Georgia. He interjected himself into the race, demanding that Georgia elected officials overturn the election results and award him the electoral votes attributed to the state. He was rebuffed by Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and Governor Brian Kemp. This sent Trump into a rage, and he convinced former Senator David Perdue to challenge Kemp in the Republican primary this year. Sadly for Perdue, that was a major mistake, and Kemp prevailed by a massive margin. Both Kemp and Raffensperger were both re-elected last week. If Trump had not demanded they overturn the Georgia results in 2020, David Perdue might well be sitting in the U.S. Senate. That would mean Republicans would have had the majority and the massive tax and spend bills passed by Democrats would never have seen the light of day. In his speech on Tuesday night, Trump kept repeating the same old lines that he's been spouting, but his speech fell flat. He read from a teleprompter, something he's criticized Biden for doing, and kept turning his head from side to side to read the speech. He touted his accomplishments and then berated the current administration. All of that could be expected from any politician, but after a while, he got tired of hearing himself congratulate himself, and I'm sure his arm must have grown weary from patting himself on the back. He then mentioned the Georgia race. Mr. Trump keeps making it all about himself, even when he acts altruistic. Take the flood of fundraising emails he sent since the midterm, soliciting funds for Mr. Walker's December 6th Georgia Senate runoff campaign saying, quote, he knew he had to do something big to save Georgia, end quote. The former president asked for contributions to meet the, quote, official Georgia runoff fundraising goal, whatever that is. But it turned out that 90% of any donation goes to Mr. Trump's super PAC and only 10% to Mr. Walker's campaign. When the Walker camp publicly complained about the deception, Team Trump lowered his skim to 50%. Hardly impressive. It's still about him. If he were truly interested in helping Herschel Walker win, he might have parted with some of the major funding from his own $100 million plus campaign coffers. And I can only hope the majority of Republicans can see through this ego-driven charade, that they will turn to other more qualified and other better 
candidates prepared to take on Biden or another Democrat. Can you imagine a Trump-Biden rematch? On one side, you would have a 78-year-old Donald Trump, and on the other, an 82-year-old Joe Biden. Talk about a race for geriatrics. Finally, I think more and more Republicans are turning the corner and realizing that Trump is no longer the guy to lead the party. They're starting to look at the next generation of leaders. Those might be Ron DeSantis, Glenn Youngkin, Nikki Haley, Chris Sununu, or someone else. But they will not be some aging, ego-driven fool that cares only about himself. This has been To My Liberal Friends. Thanks for listening.